0: do you believe you can live a pain-free vital life do you want to step back into your power and share your gifts with the world are you ready to make a commitment to you it's time to reclaim your inheritance as a self-healer welcome to the nature of healing hello healers i'm roseanne when you look around your home Do you find yourself among family heirlooms you didn't choose yourself? Or shelves of books you don't read? Closets of clothes you don't wear? Do you hoard things? Or are you one who has to clean up the space before you can get down to work? Is it overwhelming to contemplate paring things down or throwing things out? By now you know that science suggests clutter can give you anxiety. Clutter is defined as having a disorganized and overwhelming amount of possessions in your living space. Well, if you know what I'm talking about, help is on the way. Today, you will meet Nicole Gruder. Nicole is a professional organizer, artist, performer, and writer. Her personal downsizing experience over a decade ago led her to create her business Positive Space. She shares her organizing knowledge with passion, empathy, and humor, and believes that what we own and how we own it affects our life's joy and purpose on earth. Advocating simplicity is part of her mission, but realizing life is complicated, Nicole still owns 52 pairs of shoes. (laughs) Nicole, welcome to the Nature of Healing podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, Roseanne.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. I'm so happy that you're here. It was your sister, Monique, who introduced us, and she suggested that I get to know you better. She and I danced in a ballet company together in Mankato, Minnesota, where we all grew up. And in talking with you recently, it was clear that we have a lot in common in helping people who are committed to healing something in their lives. We just go about it a bit differently. So, Nicole, Where did this idea of helping other people declutter their living space come from?
1: It came from working on my Master's of Fine Arts, indeed, a little over 10 years ago now. And I had this idea of really making my thesis very personal. I had a tendency to make my work sort of outside of myself, um, political or sort of more I don't know, it felt detached from me. And so over time, I thought, what is this thesis going to be about? I'm going to bring it about as intimate as I can make it. uh, And I'm going to make it about my home and everything that's in it. And that idea was sparked when one day I was on a chair trying to cram more stuff into a kitchen cabinet I have a lot of kitchen cabinets and for some reason i was running out of room so i'm trying to put more stuff up there and right in front of my face i see this enormous tea set and i think what is this doing here why where did it come from why do i own it and a light bulb went off and i and i looked down from that chair and (laughs) everything else that i own and i thought oh my gosh I have a problem, but this problem could also be inspiration. So that's when I decided to work with both a professional organizer and a feng shui specialist, which at the time were a bit more at opposite uh, ends of the spectrum. Now they're much closer, Mm. but I thought I'm going to attack this from two different vantage points. And we started going through the process of downsizing and analyzing my space. And I did a lot of work, from that, um, I had the, the thesis itself ended up being a piece where you walked through my house with headphones on and listened to stories that were uh, relevant to each room. Um, some of them were funny stories, maybe like a the style of a bit film noir over the top one was a Gregorian chant that you change I changed the words to one was a story that I, I actually recorded stories about that very tea set um, from my relatives because the tea set came from overseas so it was this whole drawn-up story about how this everybody had these memories about the tea set but then it came over to Minnesota, and then ultimately to Wisconsin, and then to my kitchen. And how did that happen? And I don't use it. I don't remember my mother using it. I don't remember my grandmother using it. And yet here it is, occupying not one but two cabinets in my kitchen. And that's where it just it, it just unfolded from there. And I thought this is a, an endless source of fascination of how we infuse so much emotion or obligation onto objects. And and here I was taking care of this tea set that I never used. I had no memories associated with it. Um, I ultimately went on the road with it and traveled the country for a little over two months and had tea parties with people.
0: (laughs) Oh my God, that's wonderful. Yeah, we went to state parks and galleries
1: and personal homes, all kinds of uh, scenarios. And I talked to people about what stressed out their time, and it was the time of my life, it was absolutely fantastic. There were themes that came out, indeed, one of them being their stuff. People were stressed out by their stuff, and that took a, a lot of their time. And uh, yeah, so that's it's a, it's a bit of a long answer to that question, but um, I saw how other people were struggling with their possessions, and how they I, well, I felt compelled to share my experience and help other people be released from what I interpreted as suffering, um, that that they were being really weighed down by their stuff.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you, when you saw that tea set and then you looked down and saw from a bird's eye view, all this stuff, you really made that tea set work well for you. You didn't. Yeah, sure did.
1: <laughs> but I remember I had the, so my Feng Shui woman, she came in and and she said, you don't even have room to twirl your arms.
0: Never- <laughs> well, I, have, I have seen your house, Nicole. And I, it, I didn't realize at the time that you had you know, organized it via feng shui, but it did have a nice feel to it. It felt airy and, and spacious. I, it just had a good feeling about it. So that's good to know that you actually put some you know, thought into it.
1: Well, thank you for the compliment. It w- took a lot of work.
0: <laughs> huh. Well, so is it a cluttered mind that causes this cluttered space or vice versa?
1: I think they are intrinsic. Um, they, When I had all of that stuff in my house, I was preoccupied with taking care of things, tending to things, fixing things, projects, to-do lists. Uh, not that I don't have a to-do list now, of course I do, but it's different. Um, it was very focused on, on my possessions and how to deal with them. Not that I was spending that much money per se on my things, but I love finding something on the side of the road that was in nearly perfect condition, but (laughs) add it to the list of things I need to fix. Uh, and everything was um, rem- you know every object in your house reminds you of something or someone or some kind of a project and that actually uh, back to the feng shui the the colors in my home were chosen at the time to be it was a little bit more muted so to kind of slow down a little bit and not having me it was like I felt like a ping pong so just ping ponging back and forth from this to that to this to that to this to this And it's a lot of distraction. And I felt that that clutter, uh, the physical clutter, was adding to a distraction. It doesn't feel like clutter because it feels like you're being productive and you're getting things done. But when eventually all that got unraveled and I had to sit with some calm, it was a little uncomfortable, um, anxiety producing, where, well, here it is. This is what you've been working towards, this calm. Uh, or at least a glimpse of it. And, you know, you're kind of itching, getting, trying to crawl out of your skin a little bit, trying mm-hmm. to calm down. And uh, it's that hamster wheel effect, right? Where you just keep, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then we have all these signals around us to tell us, you know, just, you know, mellow out and just, just look at the sunset and do some yoga. Right. But then we are, we're like running. We're, we're late for the yoga class. and we're, <laughs> you know? So when we actually get that time, um, to, or that when we put forth the effort to declutter and find the time to relax, it, you have to get used to it. So that, uh, I don't know if that, does that answer
0: your question? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're actually sounds like you're setting an intention to yes. not just organize, but to identify with what your objects are, what they, what they mean, um, even to the color of the rooms, you know, and how that affects your emotions. You want everything to make sense.
1: Yes. And there's intentionality to it. Yeah. And not not so that there's a the physical space. and then the the physical space affects what you're what you are doing physically, um, whether you are relaxing or getting better sleep or maybe you have space to work out or work on a, a hobby of yours or just a calm space to read or a place to have time with family or friends. I mean, it all uh, it all connects whether you have um, well, a, a really quick story i have I had one friend who, Uh, Well, she she was a client and she, her, her goal, her, her why in quotes uh, was that she wanted space to entertain and she never had that. She, she didn't want people over. She was embarrassed. There wasn't the actual physical space to have people sitting and enjoying themselves. And we worked together and uh, we actually worked on different parts of her house and she was inspired to have that book. over into her living room and the next time I saw her after we had, had a few sessions together she had a Hanukkah party and I came over and the place place was as welcoming as could be and we, it was a lovely party there was space for it there was people were comfortable she was comfortable having people over and this was all just it springboarded from us working on her kitchen and then her daughter's room and etc um so it's, I feel like it just all, it, I'm going to keep saying it, it all connects.
0: <laughs> it does. And I think it's because it it uses most all our senses. You know, there is that frequency about a space and, and when you're changing and shifting that space, it's going to affect you on all levels. I agree.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So this is interesting. Your dad was a painter and I have one of his paintings hanging on my wall here that your sister gave me last time she was here to visit you. And it's beautiful. Okay. It's three white horses. You know, a little bit like Picasso. You know, and, and muted blues and purples. And I don't have a lot of those colors around. And it's it's just beautiful. And it's a new color for my space. Um, your sister was a ballet dancer, and you are an artist. How do you use your artistic gifts in your work?
1: I would say, on a really pragmatic aesthetic level, I have a good eye for visualizing space, an open space, a functioning space. Um, you know where how things should be arranged, but working uh, on a more let's say conceptual basis. I, as a performer and a, and a writer, uh, I've I have always been really sensitive to my audience. Like I don't know if that makes sense, but yes. I feel that their emotional comfort through a performance is really important. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of writers and actors are are sensitive to that and um you know just how they're going to feel and respond and what they're going to take away. And that perception helps navigate the the downsizing experience. Um, just reading emotions, um, you know, knowing when to sort of forge ahead or back off. Um I I I always brag a little bit that I make some of my clients cry. And then <laughs> wow. so, yeah, it's um people are going through their stuff and then, and it happens over and over again where they, where something pops up out of the blue because it's not in front of them in plain view. It's buried in a box. It's in a bag. That's in the back of a closet. They come across it when we're organizing and something gets triggered and uh, an emotion will come over them. That's um, unexpected and I I don't I'm not saying I equate that with performance per se, but there's a moment where your your, your experience is is changed in an instant, and that can happen from whether it's uh, a, a line that's written or performed, or a change in mood in a in a performance, or and then I equate that with you know just coming across unexpectedly stuff in your in your house that you don't didn't remember that you had. And Was it? Two days ago, I had a client who had a, it was a, all it was was a a piece of yellow cloth. It was sort of a leather pleather type of material. And she had used it to reupholster uh, a chair that was her grandmother's. And she just started crying. And I was trying to navigate, you know, is this because you miss her? Um, What's going on here? And we talked about it. And She said, "Yeah, I really miss her, and I'm I'm trying to hang on to her with this chair, Um, which she did upholster, and it's beautiful and it's done. But now she has this scrap, and she felt compelled to keep this scrap that was not big enough to upholster another chair with. But she thought, well, if she gets rid of this scrap, then what if she needs it for who? Whatever, who knows what? Um, So we rationalized through it, and she eventually was able to to let it go. But she felt, you know, there was that much." emotion infused in a scrap piece of cloth that uh, she had a hard time letting it go. So, yeah. Uh, yeah so that's where I feel like my past uh, performance work and writing has, uh, there's a sensitivity to that, that I hope um, helps people, you know, navigate through that process because it's not always easy. It happens a lot and it will happen uh, on the turn of a dime. It's or.
0: It just shows me that, you know, it shows me your healing ability. Really healing happens when you can express an emotion because so many of us suppress emotions. We suppress them with drugs. We suppress them with excuses, with uh, bad relationships. We just continue on in a pattern that's comfortable and we don't express something. We'd rather hold on to it. Like, you know, and um, I see that that you are helping people express that and and heal so this is exactly why you can add healer to your list of qualifications I think <laughs> <laughs> thank you I, I will I will yeah so what are the obstacles that you find uh, stop people from clearing out their space
1: Ooh, <laughs> it is a huge list and uh, well I spent a lot of money on it or. <laughs> Inversely, I got a great deal on it. Uh, it's worth money. Um, they're overwhelmed with the process. they're embarrassed. there's huge feelings of obligation I, the I shoulds I should keep this because uh, I inherited it a friend gave it to me. It still works. Um, I yeah I don't, the, lots of obligation um, and the uh, people get a, a case of the what ifs. What if I could use it someday? What if I can't find it again? What if a friend could use it? What if, what if, what if, what if? Um, and then what I call the mother of all emotions is fear. Mm. Uh, we have so much fear in letting things go. That, the yellow fabric example, there was a fear of of what? You know, there was a fear in letting that piece of material go because we might forget our grandmother. I mean, we have interesting ways of rationalizing those fears. Um, And that is probably the most debilitating um, fear of, of, of money, of uh, scarcity. Um, Well, I, I have 50 picture hangers. I only need a handful of them. I actually don't need any right now, but I might need them someday. And why would I throw them away or get rid of them when I have them already? but I don't anticipate putting up 50 pictures or needing them anytime soon, even though they're rusting away in the basement, but you know, fill in the blank. So fear it's crippling. Small example of all the reasons why people get stuck in not doing the process and you know, time, effort. um, It's not something people get really excited to do on their, their downtime during their downtime. I, I have places that I need to go through that I'm not, interested in doing per se. So it's the there the cobblers children have no shoes type of syndrome. Um I do I'm working on a some when going back to the the artwork, I'm very slowly in the process of making a video series called Confessions of a Professional Organizer where <laughs> um you go into my closets and I'll be downsizing you Know just say, say, okay, look, I got a lot of clothes, I, I might have those 52 pairs of shoes, but I only wear maybe a third of them. <laughs> I just have such difficulty letting them go because you know, fill in the blank. I they remind me of a time when I could wear shoes like that. Um, you know, they're still they still work, or you can still wear them, even though I haven't worn them in three years, that kind of thing. So, uh, but lot you
0: have the best excuse, Nicole. You are helping other people do better. <laughs>
1: Right. I'm so busy helping people downsize that I don't have the time to downsize myself. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's I mean, right. <laughs> um, you know, I had faced the same situation recently. Uh, my son recently left for college, and now I have all this extra space. And I'm thinking, I need to like clear things out and downsize. I don't need all this stuff anymore. And I was looking in my kitchen, thinking, this is way too overwhelming for me. I. I can't possibly go through all, I have a lot of cupboards in my kitchen too. And it was only when a friend came to visit me, she came and she must've sensed that, you know, uh, I wanted to work on my kitchen, but I just didn't know where to start. And she said, you know what, I'm going to help you do this. Let's just take the whole day and, and go through each cupboard and we'll put it anything you don't need or anything that's too old. We'll put it in a garbage bags and we'll just throw it out. I'm like, Really, you're willing to do that? Help me? And she said, Yes. So I thought, uh, This is a gift. I cannot refuse it. That's <laughs> so, a good friend. <laughs> yeah, very good friend. And she, uh, she helped me. It took six hours that first day and four the next. And I think I threw out about six large garbage bags full of expired canned food, uh, all this stuff I'd hoarded. And I just think, where did that come from? And I am so happy that I have all this extra room and now I can organize it differently. I have all these herbal tinctures that I needed space for and now those have gone in that space and I just feel so much better.
1: And isn't that incredible when you, when you say, where did all this stuff come from? And it's this, you know, this mindfulness as opposed to mindlessness uh, where, you know, you everything that is in your house you brought across the threshold of your door, right? Like every everything, unless maybe a, a few exceptions, with a friend brought something over or whatever, and uh, and then all of a sudden you look around and, and you think, what the heck? And so so that's where that mindfulness can get implemented, where uh, you are out and about, you see something shiny and sparkly, you go, you reach for it to buy it. And then, whether it be um, you know something from Target or a grocery store or whatever, and you can pause and think, "Do I have some of this still in the house, or how will this improve my life tomorrow, or do I really need this They're just a, a series of questions. I am not a minimalist; I don't live in a tent with one pot to you know to work with. I have stuff, but i I'll, I have had that habit um, now over you know it doesn't happen overnight but just over time just really start thinking things through of what we spend our our efforts on our time on our money on and that's where it's uh, it, it, that mindfulness becomes really rewarding because you know that everything that is coming into your house now is something you you want you need, you think is beautiful is. Uh, something that's going to elevate your life. And that's where that energy shifting starts to get super exciting where everything in your midst um, has a, like you were saying, a vibration and it just energizes you. And, and sometimes there's resistance to that. A lot of the times there's resistance. Um, We're accustomed to wanting to feel a certain way and, and we want to, uh, maybe not feel that excitement and uh, that energy in our in our home. we We want it to be how it's been, or we don't want it to quite that extent. Um, so it's you know, it's a matter of getting used to it. again, it happens over time. but uh, that's that's an incredible gift that your friend gave you. And so ten hours, right? for one room.
0: Yeah, in the kitchen. that's what do you recommend to people like me? <laughs> I mean, do you <laughs> say- I get some free advice here, but um, you know, once I cleaned out the kitchen, then I thought, I wonder if the other rooms are like this.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's all, it is a domino effect, right? Yeah. It's a ripple effect of thinking, well, now, now that happened. And what, what's it, what else is lurking in the <laughs> other rooms? Or not so much that, but you know, how can I change the, the feeling of other rooms? And it's, uh, it becomes a bit addictive um, where I've seen it. I, we'll work with somebody for a few sessions and that watershed has been released and they start doing stuff on their own. They, you know, report back to me or they're really excited. They have this huge sense of accomplishment. And then the trick really is, um, not just the downsizing, but that mindful to implement the mindfulness for when you're out and about, um, and being conscientious of what comes back into your space. So the whole process doesn't, uh, start again because I've heard this many times. Where one one gal who she cleaned out her closet looked amazing. Everything in there was what you know it made her feel fantastic, made her feel put together. It was the right clothing for her weight at the time. Just every everything about it, um, the, everything every item was was wanted. And then her mom came over and she saw her closet and she said, "Well, look at all this space in here. You you can go out on a shopping spree and get new
0: clothes." Oh so no.
1: The irony was not, not lost, but uh yeah,
0: so wow, well, well, you know, um you know, my friend said to me like you suggested the domino effect. Like she said take time now and go to the next room and every day take something out of the space or or organize it in some way so you you don't lose momentum. And you know, that worked for a while and um but I also like to compare it to something else I heard a couple years ago where the idea was on day one, take out one thing from your house and then on day two, two and two things and every day square that. So four things, then 16 things. And I thought, whoa, wow. that, that would really test some people. And it could actually cause a lot of stress just to trying to figure out because you're going to end up with a large number very quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard of that, um, that construct, uh, yeah,
0: I, I don't think it's a good idea unless you maybe apply it to bits of information because there's so many bits on your computer, you know, digital stuff. But that reminds me of all this digital layer that we have in our lives, the overconsumption of digital stuff like social media notifications, news feeds, games, all these files on your computer, hearing that ping on your phone every few minutes, all of that competes for our attention too. And I feel like it creates a digital form of clutter that has the same effect on our brain as the physical clutter, right? So how does that added layer of clutter affect your life or your client's life?
1: For me personally, I feel um, I feel that it affects my levels of Obligation, those feelings of obligation and stress and keeping up with the Joneses that those appearances of, you know, staying relevant, that's the new thing that you have to stay relevant in an electronic world, uh, whether it be, you know, on Facebook or Instagram or whatnot. And I'm, you know, there's this obligation to sign up for this or to read that or to, you know, watch this or, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to dissuade people from listening to your podcast. <laughs>
0: No, I totally get it.
1: But it also, uh, you know, like I, sh- I should do this and I should do that. And it just, um, I just, I get worn out from it more quickly than others. Some people love it. They're, this is their world, the electronic computer world. It is not mine. Um, I sort of tolerate it, if you will. <laughs> uh, of course, there are, there's magnificent elements to it, but um, so that's how it affects me personally um, just the the notifications and all that I have that down to a, a minimum I can't handle it it's um, way too distracting and I, uh, I just you know the sense of fi- that fiddling with your phone all the time um, I try try to keep that to a minimum it's incredible that muscle memory though right you know reaching for your phone reaching for your phone um, recently I got an actual alarm clock again as opposed to using my phone for my alarm clock which I use uh, for quite a number of years. And it's been great. So when I wake up and look at the clock, I'm not also looking at the time and a notification of a text and of this and of that, because you're, you're pinging, you're re- being reminded of, oh, that person or or that, or what does that person need? All of a sudden, or why did I get a text from so and so? And why is there a you know a like on this post, and just all of that i um Yes. you don't need to know that when you're trying to find out the time or you're trying to be woken up from an alarm. It's way too much uh it's a, it's a it's a very um what's the right word harsh way to oh, harsh um let me think here it's a very distracting way to wake up to the day you aren't unraveling your dreams, you're not maybe going down your gratitude list if you do that in the morning. You're not sort of slowly waking up to the day. You're immediately roped into whatever it is that's on the face of your uh, your your phone. So anyway, long story short, I, I got an actual alarm clock, and I I love it. I, I, of course, still have
0: my phone very nearby, and I look at it
1: fairly soon after I wake up, but not immediately. Um, and I, that's yeah. that. Process. So
0: well, we get tied to all this digital world. We get yeah. too plugged in. From a health perspective, I I unplug my Wi-Fi at night so that all those frequencies do not affect the my ability to regenerate while I sleep. I tell that to my clients. I say, do not bring your phone into the bedroom or at least keep it four feet away from yourself because with all of this digital equipment is the EMFs. And 4G, 5G is coming. These frequencies affect not only the water in our body, the frequency of water is equal to the frequency of 4g the fourth generation technology and 5g resonates at the frequency of oxygen oxygen uptake in our bodies we don't want that cluttering up our space our health space our healing space too so on another level it's really important to try to separate that because it has come onto the scene like all of a sudden you know couple decades ago, and it's just taken over. It's taken over people's lives. You know, it affects the nervous system. And if people are sensitive that way, are are easily anxious or depressed, this is a clear sign to reduce your exposure to these types of frequencies. So I just wanted to throw that out. Yeah. So
1: I'm going to make one more comment on that. With the electronics, um, and I, you know, I'm not like a Debbie Downer or a, trying to be a luddite about this, but there's there's the electro- the electronic charges, there's the distraction, but then there's also the physical detritus of electronics, the waste that I cannot even tell you how much physical electronic recycling I bring away, how much we en- end up having to throw away for various reasons. Um, that just is not recyclable, uh, it is it is uh, disturbing, to put it mildly. And this is with every single client. I have yet to have a client in the last few years that we haven't been throwing away or have, trying to recycle as best as possible boxes of wires and chargers and hard drives and laptops and iPads, and, you know, I mean, phones, I don't have to go down the list. We all know what it is. And there is loads of worry regarding swiping it. Should I get it swiped? Should I not get it swiped? Which cords belong to what? Well, you might as well keep all of it because (laughs) you just never know the changing technology. Does this fit with that? Um, How to get rid of the items? Very few places do electronic recycling. There's a few places in Madison, but um, that's the exception, not the rule Um, across the country. um, All of this is winding up in landfills, obviously. Um, or just stays on our earth in other ways, and boxes in our basement, and get, it's it's really uh, problematic. And I, I'm I'm not trying to be doom and gloom about it because I know that eventually there will be an answer to all of this. But it's something to really think about because with all of the things that we rely upon now, um, it's it's uh, yeah, it's a problem. And and the the, t- the amount of time, oh my gosh, the amount of time that we spend. Um, I've had a client you know in his in his last living weeks was dealing with boxes and boxes of you know CDs, DVDs, hard drives, uh, you know, just all this electronic detritus that he needed to organize or or maybe swipe or rearrange or record or just the whole gamut of organizing electronics was, taking up his time and our time is precious regardless of when you're on this earth, but to have to worry that energy that was, Oh, that was emitted. just, it breaks my heart to see how many, how much worry and concern there is over what to do with all of those things. I don't know. I I can really, I get kind
0: of,
1: I don't know, a little bit soapboxy about it, but um, it's, it's very, it's palpable.
0: It is. And, it's all collateral damage in a way it's we don't envision what the consequences will be when we introduce these new technologies whether it's electronics right. or you know i could point to gmos genetically modified organisms or foods or the geoengineering that happens in our skies all of these things were not geared toward the precautionary principle that which takes into effect what are the human Um, health effects of these things? What are the environmental effects of these things? We just introduce them like, oh, it's the next thing since sliced bread and we don't care what happens. And that's been our mentality on this planet and it's totally destroying our planet.
1: I love that idea of precautionary principles. Um, That can be applied to anything, whether it be uh, electronics or garments um, how, or whatever we are buying that is of lesser quality, but there's more quantity of it. You know, we have this scarcity versus abundance mentality uh, du- dueling it out where we feel like we, we are always needing to get the next uh, level of whatever it is or the next shirt or the next um, piece of Tupperware or whatever it is. And uh, rather than focusing on, how is this going to affect things in the long run? How long am I going to own this? To what extent, what is the quality? Um, yeah, just or, or even the aesthetic quality. Is it is it something that looks beautiful or is functional beyond a year? Um, those are huge things to, to keep in mind. And the, and the more you do it, the easier uh, it becomes and the more refined your home becomes. Um, yeah, to to really think about just what you were saying, that that, that longevity of how, of how it's affecting the earth. And we think that we're separate from the earth somehow. <laughs> this is all getting into our water streams and into our mental health. And just, you know, again, the motto, it's all connected.
0: Yes. And I think people understand that, but at the same time, they always want the latest Advancement they always want the newest toy, you know, and so, like I was this weekend, I had to go to the Apple Store because my cat bit through my computer cord for the third That's time nice. <laughs> and I had to go and get a new cord, and the whole place was filled because it was the launch of their latest um, i eleven iPhone eleven I'm back at a uh, 5c it was my phone <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. way behind the times, and people were in line, the whole store was crowded. Everybody had to have the new iPhone 11. And, and I asked the guy I was talking to, I said, do you have this phone? And he said, Oh no, I'm going to wait till all the bugs come out of it, you know, and then I'll get it. (laughs) And I said, well, I want to, I actually want to go back to the flip phone. I don't want all this invasion of my privacy and you know, all of these new phones, it's just, new technology to invade our privacy and to keep us connected to this thing where we're always looking at this phone instead of looking at somebody else that we're with. It's a crazy new world that I was looking at in that store. And I thought, I got to get out of (laughs) here. So I (laughs) got my cord and I left. But, you know, I mean, we're really thoughtful about these things, you and I, and, and very few people that I know are even talking about Downsizing their electronics. Like a friend of mine just said, Oh, you should get Alexis. It's the latest thing. You can talk to Alexis and she can just play whatever song you want. I'm like, No way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so, so I wanted to ask you help your clients make these changes in their lives. Do you ever follow up with them or do they ever follow up with you to let you know how their lives have changed?
1: Uh, they do, and I've had stories ranging from. Um, it, it, they all seem to point towards their true purpose on Earth, um, and that sounds really big. But when I sort, when they relay their the effects of what's happened after we've changed their space, it's so inspiring. I've had uh, rooms open, uh, clients who have rooms open up that they've been able to do their exercising. Um, So that's changing their physical body, which is changing, of course, their happiness their their physical um health uh which of course affects your mental health and or they've opened up a space that could be working for as a office space for their business and it wasn't that before it was just a junk room and so their business is growing and becoming more refined uh, they're getting back to their art form whether i've worked with photographers and painters they've got the room now the elbow room to make that happen as opposed to like, oh, I just, I don't really feel like doing that work because there's no room for it. Or I get stuck in the corner of some basement or whatever, you know, that it's not a conducive environment or um, the, 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 um, the party that I would mentioned from my friend who, who created the, the space in her living room for people to physically sit down and enjoy company and create memories Um, I've had one woman who she loved to bake, but her kitchen was just, it was in shambles and it had been that way since they moved into the place because they were just trying to get stuff out of the boxes, right? Just get it out of the boxes. We got to put it somewhere. It's in a pan we have got so much stuff that every single last thing needs to find a home. So they didn't have the time to, to make a deliberate uh, make deliberate decisions about the kitchen. So we redid the whole kitchen and you can relate to this. And now she's baking again, which is one of her favorite pastimes. And she's baking for her family and her friends. And she's, you know, it's these very simple things in life that, that affect our happiness. And, um, some of it is big, big, big picture, you know, your purpose on earth, your, your reason to be here on the planet. And some of it's just simple enjoyment of whether it be baking or, yeah entertaining um and these things have that ripple effect where you know when you when you leave your home you and you close that door, you think, Oh, I've just left all that junk there i'm I'm out in the world now, but it goes with you out the door all that that clutter, all those distractions, all the Oh, I wish I could be doing this with my time, but I'm doing that with my times that all goes with you to your workplace to your, you know the errands to your travels all of it because guess what when you come back from all that you're going to open up that same door and it's all waiting for you so to create that mindfulness uh it, you know there's a I, I like i love to think about this very um immediate physical sensation so when you think of a space that's bright and open Right, you get it's filled with oxygen. You, oh, it's so beautiful in here. Whether it be a home or a or a, a, a yeah, I don't know a, a a museum or a church or you know a temple. It's it's a very it's always uncluttered, right? Those those spaces and it just fills you with oxygen and it's very um, uh, yeah. What's the word? It's a it's a physical reaction, and then we can think of a space that's filled with unknowns and clutter and boxes of stuff we're not really quite sure what's in there and oh and then there's that space in the basement and then the the rafters in the garage and and then you I've seen people's shoulders curve in on themselves they're pressing the oxygen out of themselves they are feeling exhausted even thinking about these spaces much less talking about them much less dealing with them and they're just pushing it's just right it's just a And then, and that's the, the life force is being pushed out of you because you're, you're overwhelmed with it. And so that uh, that that physical manifestation, I feel, is it's it's so symbolic and representative and reflective of your immediate environment. It can be inspiring. Ah, oh, filled with oxygen. Ah, oh, it makes you feel good, and or just oh that oh yeah that. you do what for a living? Oh, you don't come over to my place, <laughs> you know. So it's I just love um re- relaying that uh, analogy just because it's so it's so pertinent and um
0: and- yeah, and it's so insightful. Very inspiring words. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I, you're right. Simple, simple is the key. Truth is simple. I always say that. Truth is simple. Excellent example.
1: Well, that's a great way to put it. And that, so the simplicity, people are like, oh, I'm going to buy bins and I'm going to, you know, all these things that they need to get before I come over. And I say, no, no, no. Just it, it will all work itself out. And it always does. Um, you don't need to buy more to get rid of stuff. I call it, it's, it is organizing, but it's really 98% of it is just really downsizing, because in that process, that's where solutions happen. This, you start getting rid of things, things open up, space opens up. Uh, I mean, I know this sounds obvious, but the, the solutions happen when you start getting rid of these things because you don't have to worry about xyz about which bins you're going to buy and where the bins are going to go because you don't have the stuff to put into the bins to find this home for and the blah 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 (laughs) you know
0: so we've talked about you know emotional health mental health physical health in relation to space is there anything else that we're missing
1: so I would say financial health is a big one. There's the more obvious reasons, uh, you know, not doubling up on things you already own, uh, maybe using up what you already have, or being mindful of buying quality things over quantity of things. And then there's really time as commodity. That's the new thing. Um, it's not so much how much you're making per year, but how much time you have. And when I think about the the arc of one thing that we own, it blows my mind. So when you think of uh, buying, I don't know, whatever it is, I, I understand we get certain things inherited or given to us, but most things we buy. So you have to think about the work that you put in to make the money to buy those things and you, the time you go out and spend shopping for that thing, travel, the time in the store, the time spent finding a home for it in in your homes, whether it be random or very deliberate, uh, cleaning those, whatever it is, storing them, tending to these things that they need to be tended to, fixing them if they ever need to be fixed, moving things from point A to B from one house to the next, um, paying, either you're spending your own time uh, moving these items or paying other people to move these items. Maybe paying, you know, a, a professional organizer to help you maybe get rid of it at some point in time. Storage, uh, we have what is it? One out of every ten Americans rents an offsite storage space. So it, you know, you're bringing things to storage. You're revisiting the storage space. You're maybe spending, you know, the your money that you had to work for on renting the storage space. <laughs> um, it goes on and on and on. And so when I think of stuff, I, it also, I see, uh, dollar signs, but I also see dollar signs in the, in relationship to time. And what is it that you want to spend your time on while you're on this earth? And yes, we need to tend to our, our stuff. We are, we are just but humans, right? We have stuff. That's great. We love our stuff. I love my stuff. Um, but when it's out of balance that's the that's when it starts weighing us down i don't know i think it also affects our level of gratitude because we just start buying things without you know being mindful about it and uh so that balance gets off then as well and we just you know, I'm not trying to dismantle the entire capitalist system, <laughs> but I do feel like if we can have just a little bit more mindfulness about what comes into our homes, what we buy, we'll have more time. We have more time to spend with loved ones or relaxing, and these are all these things that we're, we're pining for, but when it really comes down to brass tacks of how are you finding time to do what you want, you know, think, think about how much time you spend with your stuff. I think it's a, a big uh, connection. And so the the one last thing about this, it's this is I really get off on this part. <laughs> so the, um, the housing statistics, we have tripled on average our new construction in the past 50 years. We've tripled uh, the size of our homes. yet Our family size is getting lower. And so you have to fill up all this space with stuff and work, spend time working to make the money to buy the stuff and the mortgage and, you know, it just goes on and on. I mean, yes, you see my point. It's uh, the, the space that we use to build these homes, you know, takes over uh, in an environmental way and the sprawl. I don't know. It's, it all goes on and on and on. And I try not to be too doom and gloom about it, but it's, um, it's a,
0: you know, it's an issue. It just makes sense for people to think about their space and how it affects their health. And you have done such an amazing job sharing your experience, your wisdom, your insights, so that we can all embrace uh, the idea that we can let things go and simplify life. So thank you so much, Nicole.
1: You are more than welcome. It was such a pleasure.
0: I I wish you much success in your business and in your healing work. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Roseanne. Sure. And how do people connect with you to consult?
1: They can find me at positivespace.life. They can find me, uh, there's a Facebook page, of course, just Positive Space. You can call me at 608-609-8112.
0: Last but not least, you can email me at
1: Nicole at positivespace.life.
0: Wonderful. Okay, everybody out there, there are no excuses for you <laughs> to be overwhelmed with clutter when Nicole yeah. is here to help.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a wonderfully rewarding experience. I guarantee, I, I guarantee it. It's uh, I've never had people think, "Gosh, I sure do wish I had all that stuff back in my house."
0: Right. <laughs> right, and to all you healers out there, and that's all of you. Until next time, lots of love. Visit or consult with Roseanne Lindsay, naturopath, at natureofhealing.org, where you can find her books at her website and at amazon.com. Judy was boring. Hello.
1: Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>